thanks to Super Still Tamworth, there's Steel, and then there's Super Still Tamworth. This is the 2TM News Podcast with Tim Coates. And this is the 2TM News Podcast for another week. We're joined with Tim and also Mitch Hanlon and also Marnie from Rural Fit as well. Andrew Marnie even. Yeah, Andrew Marnie as well. He's, uh, he's not that good to be known by one name only. <laughs> yeah, as formerly known as Prince. <laughs> so the purpose of this conversation, I um, had a conversation last week, guys, with uh, federal member Barnaby Joyce, and um, he, I said to him, where are we at with this university? And he said, look, he said, I've, I've done it. He said, they said they'd take cash or kind. I've got them in kind. To be quite frank, I think I'm just about there, and I've got 450 positions which is worth about $7.76 million, and they're continual, they go on. And now we've got another billion dollars in grant funding coming for research. I'm going to grab some of that for UNE, and then I'm going to go back and say, well, you said you take it in kind. Here's 450 extra, extra, extra positions that you didn't have, which I've got. That's locked in, done. And then we'll take, and here's the money for the research, done. Mm-hmm. So you wanted $10 million? Done. Mitch, you're with the reference group. Um, you guys self-appointed became a reference group. Yep. And Andrew, you're working with the uni, obviously, in the space of exercise physiology because you're already taking students from there anyway. Um, and if they come down to Tamworth, you'll be a big part of what goes on. So, guys, how, how good's the news? Is it unexpected? Did you know? Well, yes, we met with Barnaby uh, last week and we heard that ourselves and... Everything's welcomed, uh, but the devil's in the detail. There is a lot of good intent from all parties, UNE, Tamworth, uh, state and federal government, uh, until we get down to the bureaucracy, uh, where we have the state government saying, uh, we want to see a line item in the budget, or we want to see a formal letter. So a formal letter needs to come from the Minister from Education to his equivalent, or someone within the state government. So we're talking Dan Tian to Sarah Mitchell. Well, Dan Tian's now gone. Okay. And now we have uh, a new member, uh, Minister for Education, which is... Uh, uh, his name just slips my mind so, <laughs> but he, uh, he's he been briefed on where we're at and we think from talking to Bridget Hayward the Vice Chancellor is that things will fall into line and letters will be coming but in um, parallel to that it's full stem ahead and damn the torpedo so UNE based on that, uh, that offer for Commonwealth student places is borrowing money to make things happen so all right so that was just some infrastructure in place andrew um you're at the pointy end are you seeing any movement at the moment from from your end anything happening yeah there's definitely been some discussions our relationship with UNE has probably been close to you know eight to ten years now where we've taken on students um exercise from the school of exercise and sports science and um that's been a really great avenue for us to um, obviously look at you know getting them through their practicum hours, especially those rural base students who want to stay uh, in the in the rural areas, um, and secondly that really um, assists us from a recruitment point of view as a business to um, you know to really get a look at uh, you know the caliber of the students uh, are coming through. So yes, we've had a relationship with them. We assist with some of the um, academic side um, and also with some of their intensive schools. So we've had that relationship. 
and it is exciting some of the things I am hearing on the on the grapevine and obviously the news of um, you know this money when you when we spoke um, you know is, is exciting as well so I think that's uh, definitely from our our end um, it's, it's great news. All right, so one o'clock back, Mitch. This story's been it seems like forever, like a millennium in the making. Uh, five, five years, years from your involvement yep. and then other people for 10 or 15 or 20. Yep. Um, Decades. Yeah, so it's been way too long. And it always seems, like, and I'm going to play devil's advocate, as if you and I are just saying, yeah, yeah, we'll come just to keep everybody else out. Is it actually going to happen? It is going to happen. But what you've said about delaying tactics, I believe that's the case as well. But at the moment, we have a, a new regime, and I think they had to come to Jesus moment in, is that the, if they do not move, UNE are not in a, uh, a strong uh, position pre-COVID. Actually, post-COVID it is, because it's a regional university that's in a COVID-free area. Mm. And people are scared of the metro regions. And I think there's been a bit of a discovery about the strength of a, of a regional regional um, organisations. And, and when you look at, well, you know, we talk about how tough it is in the country and that, well, we're also resilient. We're also multitaskers. We also know how to, to uh, adjust and, and cope with changing situations. I mean, look at the year we've had. Yes, it's been COVID, but the drought's broken and it's, it's been quite good. And I've had a, uh, a friend in Sydney who's from Narrabri originally, off the, off the land, and he said the best place to be at the moment is in, is in the regions. Yeah, because we went in, you know, like it's a bit like the recession, uh, GFC type situation. We went in... And we came out, but we didn't go down as hard. COVID didn't hit us as hard. Mm. We bounce around. We are good people in the yep. bush. Andrew, you went through UNE, am I, am I correct there, um, to do your degree yourself? No, no, I went oh, through did. Sydney Uni, but, okay. um, but I think, yes, you know, we are resuming out here. And I think the thing is, even from our, our side of things, with, that, with the health and seeing telehealth grow and um, online university um, studies obviously increase and, and be expanded during, during the COVID period, there's also a need, and I think what excites me about the Tamworth, uh, you know, UNE coming to Tamworth as well. I think it's very important for those human-based services to really have that that face-to-face and interaction um, from a practicum, but also to see, you know, people, you know, really picking up some of those life skills along the way from, you know, face-to-face learning as well, because that becomes important when you're speaking to someone, uh, you know, you might be a 25-year-old speaking to someone, uh, you know, who's just been diagnosed with uh, cancer or a chronic disease. Um, it's very important to have those life life skills and life learnings. Um, and we do see that come out in our, you know, in our uni, uni students especially. We do have, uh, you know, quite a broad base of students that come for us, but we do see that from the rural base students, and um, and I think that that's really important. Obviously, you've got your academic side, but the learning that happens face-to-face in those rural areas um, and from rural-based students, um, you know, is really good skills that um, help them with their treatment model when they go out and practice. Yeah, look, I think, and also we got a bit of skin in the game. Deborah Dunstan, I think, is one of the uh, leads from UNE mm. um, practice here in Tamworth, I believe. Yeah, f- and, uh, um, from Karuna. Yeah, so um, a psychologist and a physio. I was talking to my wife, yep. a physio, and she went, it's an interesting combination, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> she is, um, in fact, the psychology degree, I think, is half the, uh, the, the, probably the missing thing to keep us all, all corralled. Uh. Um, if I could just add to, to what Andrew just said, uh, I've got a lot of people who work for me and they study by distance education. And one of the things, uh, we've had a lot of pushback from a lot of people, 
you know, it's a waste of money. We should spend money on roads. We need dams more than anything else. And, uh, and you know, the way it's going is distance education. And that's true. It is the way to go. It is going. But there is a human element that's required. People need to be mentored and people need to, to, to be uh, have access to people to show them what, what things mean. My, my wife's adopted a few people from the school that she works out who are kids who are trying to become teachers. My wife's a teacher's aide and, and sometimes it's, uh, learning how to study is a hard thing and that, that, that's, a, that's a skill that needs to be taught. So you can't just sit there at your home desk with a laptop and just follow the bouncing balls there is there is a, a degree of learning how to learn that's involved and once the the penny drops it they're away but there is there's why we need mentors we need uh those people from the university three days to step forward and become mentors to a lot of these these kids so what we're aiming at is a is a mix uh, a section of um the uh tertiary education uh mark which we think is missing in in generally market and so it's it yes it's the university but it needs to be industry specific and needs to sort of cover that gap between TAFE and university but also in time blow into a full university so a polytechnic mm. if you will well it's, in, it's interesting in one way because the Fitzroy Centre was, was set up originally as a learning centre mm. um, so it's interesting to hear you say that yeah. it, it's never actually been done that it's been made as a profit centre no. with lots of functions in there and the odd student going in to do stuff I'm sceptical, can you tell? Um, <laughs> so there's been a lot of money made out of a very short rental on, on Fitzroy Street. And very cheap rental too. The dollar might be a lot. Uh, so, you know, bricks and mortar, are we going to get bricks and mortar? Where will it be? I mean, at the moment, I just want to background this, there's a probably a reasonably good site. They've talked about equine. They've talked about working at the Dome. They've talked about working in a, uh, also in event management. There's a big block of land that council owns on the corner out there that used to be the regional athletics track. That's mm. one. We've got the flying school. Another one is aviation's a big part of it. It's sitting out there dormant at the moment. There's another site. Uh, and then we heard about the old velodrome as a potential site, which I think is the worst of the three. Mm. Uh, is anything going to happen? Is council going to come in? What? Where, where does it go? Well, that's the next step. Uh, the concepts report talks about hub, a spoken hub model. Yeah. Uh, so the hubs are sitting cheek by jowl with industry so at the airport at the equine center at the sports dome at the hospital but does that mean we're going to build something or we're going to do what they've yes done yes and no we are going to leverage of what's there now yeah so, so it's a parasitic relation i mean sorry symbiotic relationship <laughs> but then again you know it's also cost effective so uh, oh, i get that but i'm you know but the infrastructure is being built by the city yeah so uh, well, by the taxpayer eventually, yes, yeah. but that's been there. But we should be trying to leverage off it. So, yes, not just have events at the Sports Dome mm. or the Equine Centre, but also turn into a learning of, an opportunity. And that is where it is where the learning part goes. It's not divorced. So it's not just sitting in a desk at a, in a lecture room. You are, you're also going out and, and mucking around the horses or with the athletes or at the, at the at the planes and that and so we do have this infrastructure which is semi fit for purpose but it's not but they all have to be re rejigged as well so uh and and brought into the 21st century so uh, well, let, me, let me stop you there andrew if they're going to do exercise sports science um at the moment you've got the facility out there you were the you've got the lease on that particular facility they're going to have space somewhere in the building is that going to be a partnership? Are they going to work with you? Is all the equipment there? Is, is everything they need in in situ? Yeah, we're still working through that, but there have been discussions around that. Uh, obviously, the relationship has been 
from students coming and staying either in Tamworth or they're from Tamworth or um, even our clinic in Armidale. So we've always had that relationship. But, yeah, we're, we're currently in discussions on how that can work where the students are actually down there but getting that practical experience. But um, how that works from a, a learning perspective. And, and going on from what Mitch said, I think it's important that, um, you know, we look at, how learning is going to happen uh, what's what's the vision because there, we do have some good community assets already in Tamworth um, which we can uh, which you know UNE or anyone having that partnership with UNE can can tap into but I think it's um, important to is learning going to go full circle where it is going to be more yeah we've got our own learning part which has its part and as I said it's been increased courses um, last year in the COVID pandemic but I think you know is that going to our employee uh, is going to be looking um, at that one who's had that face-to-face, that, you know, touch, feel, you know, um, sort of education. Um, and also those students that have had that life experience have moved off farm, moved into, say, somewhere like Tamworth, have gone through that whole process like many of us have where, you know, you're scraping together enough bucks for a coffee table, you're looking at, uh, you know, you're trying to get the bond together and, and you know, really, you know, either how much space do you need for uh, on-campus type living or are they going to be looking at um, in, intertwined into the community? And I think that that's important that, you know, where what is learning going to look like um, over one, three, five, ten years? Um, so you don't overcapitalise, but secondly, uh, you know, you tap into the community assets that are there um, to ensure that, you know, the Tamworth community and surrounds also benefit, uh, benefit from that as well. All right, now to toss another one in there, you just mentioned a couple of things. That are, I'm smiling, salivating. The um, the document put out by UNE says that the big construction of um, Tamworth facilities will create 120 jobs over the three-year construction period. Um, so we're saying that's not actually true because we're going to use existing facilities. And then if we don't construct something where students can stay, I guess is, is my bit, um, we're going to put another load onto rental properties, I would assume, which are already there aren't any. If you ask any so, of the services, Tamworth Family Support, etc., there are no rentals. And that's 100%. Um, what, what you said there about the uh, uh, student accommodation in the last uh, strategic meeting we had with you and Ian Council, student accommodation is is one of the top top um, points. Uh, so there needs to be a study done on on the numbers. And the and the uh, form of the accommodation. So, is it dormitories? Is it pods with shared facilities like kitchen and laundry or whatever? Uh, and I think it will be a mix. So, we're talking about two thousand kids ultimately yeah. in the next ten years, and uh, I, we're going to have to find some some way to we accommodate them now. Um, one of my friends has talked about putting me out at the um, the Potters College. The, the accommodation is there. Well, okay, that may be for three hundred. Mm. That will not be appropriate for all people. So we need other thing. The other thing too, it can't just be stuck outside uh, of the of the the metro, the core metro part of town. Armadale is, in case you didn't know. And the uh, movement is towards bringing universities such as the University of Tasmania have spent six to eight hundred million dollars on bringing everything back into the city. Yeah. Um, Newcastle Uni has spent God knows how many hundreds of millions of dollars on their law centre, which is in Hunter Street. That's turned into an urban regeneration project for that. And also, you start to see some movement about that. Yeah. It is also here's an opportunity to also create a nightlife and get more and retain our youth. Um, what people probably don't understand 
understand that how many people leave town every um, at the end of year 12 and don't come back. They get their education, they fall in love, they get a job that's the best job ever and, and they can't see any reason to come back except to visit the, the parents at Christmas and Easter. So we were, we need to start retaining our youth. Yes, the kids will leave home because they need to leave home and experience the world and kids will come here for the same reason. But we need to we need to offer them something what we're offering now. Um, now, going back to the point about there will be no build, there will be a build yeah. of a sort because we, can't, we do need a HQ and it can't just be the Fitzroy Street Centre. So whether it's the Fielders Building, or the um, the um, equi- uh, the uh, Velodrome site, or some other site, that that has to be d- determined. And uh, on top of that, the community um, uh, uh, centre that's planned for next to the library, that's like a hundred twenty million dollar build. That's also another facility that hopefully we get across the line because that will be also a resource that's that ties into this as well sure you're talking about the performing arts center mm-hmm. and, and look that's a wonderful project and spent a lot of time with pete ross talking about that yep. and fully support it. It, it you know would be better on a greenfield side but hey we won't get wound up in it but if it goes where it's gonna go it displaces places like nias and all the sporting hubs at the moment they need somewhere to go this so true you know there's this displacement there will be opportunity coming out of it but when I talk about the city, I'm talking about the ratepayers of Tamworth. Mm-hmm. Ratepayers of Tamworth are funding this development. Where's the UNE skin in the game? Uh, UNE's got a lot of skin in the game. Um, so, so far, they've invested $2 million in this so far. But universities are there to build, to operate and, and educate. They're not builders. So traditionally, that's come from uh, state or federal funding. Yeah. So we will, uh, from these documents that we're pulling together, they will uh, provide information that allow us to go and do funding applications, not unlike the Sports Dome, which was a funded, because there was blueprints and costings, there was able to get federal government funding during the Gillard years for that as part of the GFC, I think um, it was the regional stimulus. The economic case for this is so strong, everyone we talk to in state and federal government uh, can see the benefit, so the cost, the investment cost will be repaid. So, for instance, the last meeting we had with Bridget, she is looking at a $2 million spend on upgrading uh, facilities so such as labs um, okay. to take them to that next security level. So then you can f- fly live genomes into Australia, p- particularly, say, Tamworth Airport. So virology requires you to use these live bacterial strains. Mm-hmm. So the, there's only two other facilities in, in Australia for that. Uh Overall, this investment of two million hundred million dollars will pay back one point eight billion dollars over a ten-year period. So, yes, it is a cost, and it is a necessary cost, like roads and dams and sewage treatment plants are a necessary cost. Yeah. But if we do not invest this money now, our youth and our industries will suffer, and we will not be uh, able to keep up with the current industrial revolution. All right now, Andrew, your wife works in education as well. So the, the opportunities for kids, and you got two, you got three kids, and Mitch, you've mm. got family as well. Mm-hmm. Um, kids going to university, we're behind the eight ball here in this region, aren't we? Uh, Andrew, you want to go first? Yeah, I think kids going to well. Obviously, the online has uh, has changed a lot of things. So we're seeing you know a lot of people that are either staying at home and either doing their first or second years or part of their they seem to be home a lot more often. When I went through university, it was sort of almost uh, leave it leave just after Christmas, and then you'd be back just before Christmas. And I think um, 
but overall and being the end consumer seeing you know especially agriculture and science and tech um which are two sort of three areas which are pretty close to myself um you know to see where that person could you know let's call let's let's take the sports science slash exercise physiology world like where they could be a lifeguard from the age of what 16 17 uh could potentially work in a in a gym then could go on and uh study and start to work with vulnerable populations um during their first second third fourth year and then look for employment in this region i mean that's that's an exciting journey for um, for someone as well, and I think of those areas that uh, you know that I see on the online um, learning portals that you know from your Burks and you know your Cobars and you know Boroners and those sort of things for them to be able to come to you know a regional a regional centre um, and where we could be at the cutting edge as Mitch was sort of alluding to where some of the you know whether it's the, the paddocks that are used for pilot programs or robotics or that sort of thing could be um, you know used here locally um, is, is exciting where that, that, that kid could um, you know grow up here go to school here and seek employment and then go on to grow have, have their family and um, yeah that abundant community type environment so. they're taking the load off the cities which is I think what I like about the whole yeah. thing they're also the cost of uh, say St Albert's College in Armidale is $350 a week mm. now there's not that many families who could afford that no so there's a equity issue here uh, and yes, the kids who are coming from the good schools are naturally going off to university. And but my argument is, well, what about the rest? Now, the, who cannot afford to go to university, and they need jobs. And then it's fallen up onto companies like mine, who have got. I've I've always had people doing studies, and I'm paying half their costs. So they've got skin in the game. I've got skin in the game. So we're both co-invested in their future, and and. I get a benefit from that. My business gets a benefit, and my region gets a benefit from that. And because of those 15 years of doing that, we are now doing work in places such as Parks and Narrabri and Dubbo and Bathurst and Casino because I've elected to put money back into my company. Now, I know there's umpteen companies here who are willing to do the same thing. But I was able to partnership with the University of Southern Queensland who are offering degrees in surveying and engineering and what have you. And... They are very well set up for that. Now, what they... But that's like six hours away. Mm. We need something here. And Armidale is a great university. UNE is a great university um, in Armidale. And we are not trying to take Armidale's university and bring it to Tamworth. We're trying to grow our own version of it. And I've always said we have to develop the Tamworth model. The model, what is our needs, what are our strengths, and let's do something for that. So whatever is in Armidale will stay. Um, except maybe the Chook CRC, so the poultry being Tamworth, I mean the poultry hub, the, the, the research centre should come to Tamworth. But robotics, or like the abattoirs we have here, we're looking at robotics and food processing, food quality. The compliance requirements have gone through the roof, as, as most of you will know. Back in my day, back in the 80s when I studied surveying, we did a lot of town planning. The Environment Planning Assessment Act was about 50 pages thick. Now it's about 4,000 pages thick. And so the requirement for compliance means that we have to spend a lot more time satisfying the growing community's need for compliance. And that's a fair thing too. So you cannot send a kid to Sydney University or UNSW or Newcastle University and pay the astronomical amount of money they've got to pay to go there 
plus the hex and then think they're going to come back and work from Tamworth because the money is to repay that investment is in those metro areas. So we have to come up with a cost-effective model that uh, satisfies the, the students' needs but also our community and industry needs. Look, you're not going to get any arguments from me because, I mean, sending kids to Sydney to uni is... is backwards in my world mm. because it's much cheaper to send a kid to uni in the bush yeah um the things that concern me and i'll float this past you both and you both have an opinion on it is armadale 35 years ago was abc people armadale 35 years on is abc people it has a university we're talking about a university presence growing the population of tamworth yeah i think it complements the growth of tamworth i don't think it's going to facilitate the growth i agree with that mm, you agree there you go, Tim. You've got to win. I've got to win. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, we'll end it here. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I, I didn't want to win. I just... Uh, it's just, to me, it's, um, you know, there's two things in Armadale. There's, uh, well, no, probably three things. There's, there's wool and um, there's a bit of farming and there's education. And, and look, you and E's had to have an education themselves about what Tamworth is because we're the flyover city as they fly from Sydney back to Armadale. Um and we've fortunately been a, the stars of a line in terms of regional, regional policy at the federal level and the stakeholders at, at, um, uh, at UNE, the key, the key stakeholders and the people involved like Deborah Dunstan and Bridget. They, they can see the opportunities and Bridget's got form with working with the industry and other, other universities in New Zealand and Tasmania. So she gets it. So... Um, and we hope that she stays there for the term of this 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 project. So, but we are, it is an industry partnership, and with with the community of Tamworth, that's where we have to be. Otherwise, it can't just be an academic exercise because it's not going to work otherwise. I couldn't agree more. Hence, why we have strong industry um, participation with UNE. Now we do know we in Tamworth we also have. Um, a very good strong education presence with our schools mm. our schools are very good a lot of our schools in um, some of our private RTOs and some of it publicly funded obviously with TAFE so we've got that good presence those good partnerships there and we achieve we punch above I mean there's been some great wins for this region conversely only 38% of uh, school kids finish HSE yep so now, we do, we the average well. is 52 in around the state. So I was going to ask you. So, yes, they're probably leaving because my son never finished HSC. He went to the Army and now he earns good money as a coal miner. But I've said to him, in a period in your life, coal mining will probably not be the dominant industry in, in, the, in, the area or in the region that you're working in. What next? What do you do next? But he's got transferable skills. And, Andrew, you'd see this a lot. Like people who come to you to rehab... They've got transferable skills, so you may not be able to do the job you had, but the the skills you've got along the way will let you do something else. Is that not what you've experienced from rehab? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you see that you just never know what what is around the corner, and it's it is a case of you know bullet bulletproofing yourself. And I think it gives those you know, and you see that a lot with um, you know even things have changed with early entrance into university. So it is very um, it is it's quite competitive and. Um, I think having those options, if you're going to have a gap year, the option to complete a certificate in something or why you might be, um, you know, earning some earning some cash to go away to another university or you might be doing a traineeship somewhere else. But I think the more options that are available allow um, that individual to um, 
yeah, to really think about it and to bulletproof themselves against, yeah, changing industry and, and things. I mean, I'm not sure the stats, but the jobs we see today aren't going to exist in umpteen, umpteen years' time. And um, you have to keep re you know, reinventing yourself and looking at those uh, those different options um, constantly because you don't know from a health point of view, from a um, economic point of view or from a, a geographical point of view what may be around the corner for, for all of us. Now, just the you know, last one I'll throw in there to start an argument is about youth unemployment. We have a high rate of youth unemployment in this region and we're now talking about bringing in 500, 1,000 students to compete with them for employment in hospitality, working maybe at the abattoirs because it could go hand in glove with people working, uh, studying. Is that something that's going to work well or is it complementary or is it going to be a, an us and them? Well, it could be all three. but I'm Awesome! <laughs> uh, and you do see that in some of those regions. So I travel a lot and, and those, those, see those university towns and you do see disaffected youth youth uh, there is always cause and effect so we have to be aware of what they are and work hard to make sure those uh, impacts are mitigated now um, if it is industry led I am hopeful hopeful and we have to message this industry don't just go and pick the eyes of the kids I mean we need to keep put things together that drags down that youth unemployment and um, look and the growth will be in services so with NDIS, uh, so the fallout from this Royal Commission, the, mm. um, there will be more resources put into, into aged care, uh, and it, it is so overdue, it's not funny. You will not see robots, uh, uh, as you see in <laughs> Japan, with those Honda, Honda robots walking around with flashy eyes looking like kittens. It's, it, people want to interact, and the growth will be in, in jobs where you have to have um, some critical thinking skills, can react, can have emotional intelligence, and uh, and funnily enough, TAFE has a role in this because when we've talked to TAFE, TAFE says we get these kids that have failed in the education system and by the time they're 19, 20, 21, they've cleared out in their head where they want to be and so we are here to help give them an outcome. So it is not about some brand new university sitting in here and taking all the glory. It's about working with all the stakeholders, all the possible partnerships to, 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 to tackle an issue that we have now. So opportunity for your youth yep. and and uh, future-proofing our industries. I think Andrew hit the nail on the head earlier and we talked about um, it. people learn in different ways. I mean, and as a former owner of a very large private RTO, mm-hmm. it's a training organisation, let me tell you that people will not achieve at school, but oh. when they get into something they actually like, whether it's a, a university, if they get the opportunity to go to university, and they can go in the back door. You mean, Andrew, a back door way in your industry, would that be through Cert 3, Cert 4 personal trainer and, and developing skill sets along the way? Could, could they do that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's like most um, university uh, you know, degrees nowadays. I mean, if you don't quite get the marks from, you know, um, to say veterinary science or exercise physiology, whatever it is, I think if you demonstrate that you, you know, if you've worked at the gym, got your Cert 3, Cert 4, or you've volunteered or you've done some work experience and then you've, um, you know, whether it's a principal headmaster recommendation and on the, on the way you're picking up references from um, you know people leading people in the industry and demonstrating that I think you create a compelling case um, and you know where it used to be black and white I suppose just on a particular um, number like a, a TR or UAI or whatever it was um, I think there's uh, a lot more 
available now for for that um, to take into account the interest in the soft skills because it's all about retention for that university as well because I don't know what the stats are but I do hear and see so many people I don't even remember when I went to university you know the amount of people that start in their first year and then you know that moving to the second semester they, they're gone it wasn't what they expected it to be so I think there's a real um, I don't I don't know from a university level I can imagine there'd be an appetite for people that have actually um, you know really seeked out and tried it and um, experimented with it and um, and really have locked in this is what I this is what I'd love to do now we'd also with our diverse population and this is the last thing I'm going to throw in the mix today we have a large indigenous population in, within our region that's right 12% um, yeah it's it's bigger than the than the average across the state are we going to look um, at focusing in 100%, that space 100% if we're going to focus on that and that's one of the the areas we pushed very hard early on and and look there's nothing to say a, a fellow in or a person in germany couldn't come out here and study study a masters in camille roy yeah and their stories their uh, approach to uh, landscapes mm. now of my second degree was in all that i mean physical characteristics of stuff yep. and you can describe stuff in, in in that way but we're missing that emotional um uh, cultural aspect to a lot of the stuff we do and I think I think we're all realising that there is an importance to that so the recovery of language yeah. uh, which uh, I know down down in the uh, Wiradjuri area that's um, 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 Stan Grant's father has been key on, on that and we're starting to get that stuff happening back up here now that's a that's a part of our, our community that we need to start embracing and, and, uh, and breaking down some barriers and I, I see just nothing but growth and potential for, for Indigenous learning, and not just for Indigenous people, but for outsiders as well. Yeah, and I think from an Indigenous learning perspective, Andrew, I mean, it also works well in your space, because if we can, you know, it, the life expectancy is not what it should be. So if we can work on the education aspect and, and put some Indigenous people back into the community to educate their fellow um, Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islanders in relation to it, that's a good thing? Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're in the process over the next couple of months of looking for an Aboriginal health worker uh, to be part of our team. And uh, we're currently um, working with uh, a young Aboriginal uh, man who's uh, looking to do research, research for him, wants to get into exercise physiology because he's uh, got uh, brothers and relatives with diabetes and heart conditions and, uh, you know, those chronic conditions that uh, we often find in those populations. Um, and he really wants to make a difference. And that's exciting because um, that helps us unlock a few barriers, um, you know, as a, as a business and to also make a real difference um, in those communities. Guys, um, thank you for taking the time today. I think it's um, important that you know, the opportunity arose out of the conversation with Barnaby and you've both been very giving in your time today and your opinions and um, some of the views I've put across are probably just to poke the bear, but <laughs> I think we've had a great conversation. It'd be interesting to see where it ends up from here. Um, obviously, a signature on the bottom of a couple of documents is what you're looking for, Mitch. Yes, well, you know, I want Tamworth University and big lights on a on a on an iconic building that's not boring. Yep. It's not a tilled up concrete slab, and then we can point at that and say that's what this means. That people want to see tangible 
outcomes. Yeah. And uh, yes, uh, you can put stickers on shipping containers at ALEC and Sports Dome and where, where have you. But really, we need an iconic building that, that, yeah, people cannot be what they cannot see. And we need evidence of that so uh, um, that, that we can say, yes, Tamworth is on the map and we're actually leading the old model behind. Okay. And Andrew, from your perspective, um, obviously watch this space because there's um, some significant opportunities um, that we should see something happen out of the sports dome. And just a quirky question. If we do get this building, does that mean we do need the aquatic centre? Because part of the growth will be we need this aquatic facility with some upgraded sports science facilities. I think uh, what's what's actually look, I'm excited to be as an end consumer. I think, um, and we've got a foot in both camps. Where I think, um, you know, I've we've been involved or, or listening to UNE and where they're going and had had that relationship. But I, I am excited by the last six months and and the the developments there. And we've got obviously Armidale, where we do work out of uh, UNE, plus have a clinic in town and um, and here in Tamworth. So I don't think uh, one's going to cannibalise the other. We're not. We're definitely not seeing that, and we're excited by being that end consumer um, at keeping people local and um, education is the key across uh, you know a variety of different disciplines which are going to help our town with industry and um, in relation to you know infrastructure down the track it is something that can be you know slow and steady um, I think and as the numbers and the requirement comes and I think it just creates more of a business case for um, more and more infrastructure um, like like an aquatic centre down the track but um, you know um, I think part of that journey for a number of years just to see it start to get on the ground and then over time as those numbers and those that everything starts to become come to fruition around the numbers then I think um, yeah it creates more of a business case and compelling case to um, push for things like an aquatic centre and, and other community assets alright well watch this space thank you gentlemen um, we're out of here thank you Tim thank, thank you Tim. Simon